Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Interlude Podcast. On today's Teaching Tuesday episode, we are talking about how to incorporate more plants into your diet. We all know that we should be eating more plants, more vegetables, less processed food, but sometimes it can be hard to know how to actually do that. What are the tangible changes to make? I get this question a lot, and as such, I thought it would be a great idea to have a conversation with my husband because he, over the last six months, has really made some significant dietary changes. He started eating more plants, eating less processed food, and actually ended up entirely vegan. And I'm not saying that everyone should be vegan, and in full disclosure, I am not vegan, but I think his story and the changes that he's made are really interesting, and I think will give listeners some really good advice about how to be more plant-based and eat more whole foods in your diet. On this episode, we are not necessarily talking about the science for why you should do that. That's a whole other conversation. But this episode is really to teach you tips and tricks about how to eat more plants. Let's get right to it. I'm your host, Dr. Eleanor Toplinski, and I am a board-certified medical oncologist specializing in the treatment of breast and gynecologic cancers. I started the Interlude podcast as a way to share the journeys and experiences of women who are going through cancer. On this podcast, we talk about anything and everything related to the cancer journey, the treatment, and life after cancer. As a reminder, the information discussed on this podcast is not meant to serve as medical advice. Any specific medical questions should be directed to your healthcare team. Welcome back, everyone. Today's topic is going to be about how to incorporate more plants into your lifestyle. I'm going to be talking with my husband, who's going to tell you a little bit about what his lifestyle was before he made some changes, why he made those changes, and the advantages and maybe some disadvantages of these changes. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Do you want to start by introducing yourself and telling the listeners who you are? My name is Igor Alyash. I'm a general surgeon from New Jersey. I'm also a father, a husband. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Regular Jersey guy. <laughs> <laughs> so prior to making any kind of lifestyle changes you know, in this past year, what was your diet and exercise routine like? So I grew up in a uh, Eastern European Russian household. So, you know, growing up, I was always used to eating foods that have a lot of meat, foods that were fried, foods that are very hearty. And pretty much because that's what I grew up with, that that was my typical diet. As far as exercise, I would say, you know, being a, a father, a surgeon, um, you know, my, my lifestyle has always been very busy. I try to make time to exercise, but really not as much as um, I, I really should have. Fair enough. And I had always been trying to get him to eat a little bit more plant-based and he was under the thought that, well, if it didn't have meat in the meal, and we're not talking necessarily about red meat, but things like chicken or even fish, that it didn't count. So, you know, we were trying to do, I got, I had gotten a cookbook last year as a kind of holiday secret Santa gift that was really all about plant-based. We were trying to incorporate that at least once or twice a week into our diet and then March 2020 happened. A lot of things changed in everyone's life, but what made you start to use that time to make those changes? 
Yeah, so, so absolutely. Um, when, you know, growing up and for the, the better part of the last few years, you know, I, I was under the impression that if you didn't eat meat, you didn't have any protein, that you were going to be hungry. And, you know, for that reason, I, I pretty much would have meat with, with most of my meals. You know that with uh, with your different types of dinners and also just, you know, trying to eat better foods, um, you know, I, I would occasionally follow that, that order, but for the most part, I still kind of kept to my usual diet. And then, you know, with uh, the pandemic that we've been going through, um, uh, it, what, what really kind of made me really change my mindset was seeing so many young people getting sick, getting affected, and it really brought up my, my own, you know, mortality and, and, and really made me realize I need to make some changes in my life and really change my, my complete lifestyle. So that's something that a lot of people experience, right? And it could be um, a world event or, you know, the pandemic, for example, but a lot, for a lot of other people, it's a health scare, right? A heart attack, a cancer diagnosis, you name it, being told that you have high cholesterol and you have to go on medications. So a lot of people, we hear this all the time. You hear it, I hear it, I need to change my lifestyle. I need to lose weight, I need to start eating better. But that's really hard to do if you don't have a roadmap. So if you're going from being that meat and potatoes guy to now saying, I have to eat more vegetables, you don't know how to do that. So what was the first change that you made? You know, what did you decide to say? You said, okay, I have to get healthier, but how did you actually do it? Well, so one of the first things that I started doing is I, I definitely started exercising more, um, specifically lifting weights. Um, while we were all quarantined at home and you know all the gyms were closed, I was lucky enough to have some weights at home. Um, and I was able to start some very simple exercises that I could tolerate. And then, and then when, when I realized that I was actually enjoying it, I, I started um, doing um, actual exercises that I would find on YouTube. I would also kind of go online and, and research different types of uh, bodybuilding exercises. Um, and, and then I actually was also using uh, the Beachbody program, um, which has some great classes that uh, really kind of are structured so you don't really have to plan anything and, and they really teach you how to do things you would run periodically before yeah. this you ran some half marathons with me i think you were not upset that the new york city half marathon was canceled <laughs> not at all. i was a little upset <laughs> but i think the point is that you actually found something you really like yeah. to do and, yeah. and that really is so important for exercise you know you'll only stick to something if you enjoy it because it is a big time commitment yeah and i i, I really found myself enjoying it and in addition I, I would go on bike rides which were really it, it were really helpful in getting my mind away from everything going on in the world and it was kind of freeing it was you know my, my form of meditation really and we, you know once it became a habit it, it it became a need to the point where if I wasn't exercising, I, I just didn't feel like I was myself anymore. Along with the exercise, what were the first dietary changes that you started to make? So um, I, I definitely cut out a, 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 most of the processed foods that, uh, that I would eat. I also limited the amount of alcohol that, that I would have during the week. Um, Again, just making healthier changes, but at that time, still not really fully 
committing to a full-fledged plant-based diet. Um, but, um, you know, a as I was doing that, I, I kind of, again, started doing more research. And then um, there's this documentary on Netflix that uh, someone introduced me to. Uh, it was called Game Changers. And it, it really changed uh, my, my perspective of, of a plant-based diet of, and what plant-based uh, uh, athletes are. So for somebody starting out who says, all right, I'm cutting out processed food, you know, we typically tell people that is the stuff in the aisles of the grocery store. Yeah. So you want to shop the perimeter, right? That's where your protein is, your fruits and vegetables, your dairy. What kind of processed foods did you cut out? So I started off by cutting out deli meat, which was a big staple of my diet, um, and, and also some sausages and, and other processed snacky foods. By cutting those out, what were you substituting in regards? So if you were having a dinner, you know, a lot of people think or end up having, let's say, chicken, sausages, and vegetables, right? And you've got your chicken, you've got your protein, you've got vegetables, and you don't have carbs. And so a lot of people always think that's a healthy dinner, and I'm not saying that it's not. But we do know that processed meats, which is going to be your bacon, deli meat, sausages, do increase your risk for cancer, as well as heart disease and other medical problems. So we do want to try to limit those. So what would you put in instead of some of those foods, right? Instead of having your turkey sandwich for lunch or sausages for dinner, or, you know, snacks and things like that, what kind of protein did you start substituting in? So I was using uh, uh, good proteins like uh, yogurts, uh, certain cheeses, um, lean meats like chicken that, that, that wasn't processed. And then after that point, so you start, you, you kind of go from really eating more processed foods to mm -hmm. less processed foods. So that's a, for, a good first start. And after so you were eating chicken, fish, uh, and said yogurt, what happened next? How did you kind of take that and then say, all right, I'm going to really try to eat less chicken and more plants? Yeah. So, I mean, after watching this um, Game Changers uh, documentary and really seeing that all, there was all these athletes who can really send some, some bodybuilders who can be uh, completely plant-based and still get their proteins and still get their uh, proper nutrition and really be very healthy people. Um, in addition to that, seeing the benefits of a plant-based diet for uh, for heart disease, for cancer, and, and it re really kind of got me thinking. Maybe I'll, I'll give it a shot. You know, maybe not fully jump right in and completely become vegan, but you know, instead of having chicken for dinner, you know, do a uh, plant-based dinner with legumes or, or tofu. Point here that's really important to me because. By being plant-based, it does not mean that you're vegan or even a vegetarian because by definition, someone who's plant-based eats mostly plants, but you can still have dairy, you can still have chicken, fish, meat at, here and there, but it would mean that I mean, the majority of your food is plant-based. All right, so you started being more plant-based. How was that like? I mean, did you find that, you know, if you were going for my, really, it's got to have meat to count. Did you find that you were full, that you were getting the nutrients in your meal? Were you leaving the table feeling satisfied? Well, that's what, I mean, I think what really helped is we were using cookbooks and trying some great recipes that were really delicious and, you know, things that honestly did, did not taste half that bad and where, where I thought that you, know, you, you without meat, you wouldn't have that feeling of being satisfied. 
um, I, I really found that at the end of the meal that I was very satisfied that I wasn't hungry. And it, it kind of, you know, from one meal, it, it turned to, well, maybe I'll have two meals that are plant-based. And then from that on, it turned on to, okay, maybe I'll just have a, a complete plant-based day or something. And how did that go? I found it went, went without any major problems. I, I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, the, the I just made sure that the food I was eating had a good amount of protein in it, that it was uh, it was hearty for my taste. And um, at the end of the day, I really wasn't craving having any meat. And at some point after that, you decided to really transition to being vegan. What made you decide to do that change? Well, it was it was mostly it started off as just trying to see if I if it's something that I could do if it's something that I would enjoy. I I, I really found that I was actually very surprised with the fact that I wasn't really having any cravings for meat when I was trying out a, a more plant based uh, diet, and I it was just something that I wanted to try. And when I tried it, I you know was was able to really handle without a problem. In fact. And I was able to enjoy it. I didn't really miss uh, you know, meat and dairy products. And what substitutes? So there's a ton out there, you know, meat substitutes, sausage substitutes, you name it. What have you found that you like and that you don't like? So the most important thing is that I still, you know, despite having a full-fledged vegan diet, um, I still try to avoid as much processed food as possible just because, you know, I, I, I want to be vegan, but at the same time, I also want to be vegan and healthy. Um, so definitely there's a common misconception that following a vegan diet, you don't get enough protein. And, and that's absolutely not true because most of the animal products we eat actually get their proteins from plants. And so most plants and most plant products do have some form of protein. And it's just important. It, it's important to really check the packages and to really see what, what, what you're eating. So I, what, what I would do is I, I, I downloaded an application on my phone. It's called MyPlate. It's a, a food journal. It allows you to keep track of what you're eating, what macronutrients you're having, um, and it really kind of helps you kind of control the amount of calories you're eating for the day, and it helps keep, keep you in check. So what I would do is, you know, throughout the day, I would keep a tally of the foods that I'm eating. I would make sure that as far as my protein intake, that I was having a good amount of legumes, nuts, seeds, um, and uh, a good amount of plants with, with a high uh, uh, protein content, that I would definitely get my fill, that I would definitely be you know, satisfied and not hungry throughout the day. And uh, just by keeping track, uh, I, I was able to kind of stick to it. Walk us through what a typical day in meals looks like for you. So I keep a close track of everything I eat on through this application, My Plate. So for breakfast, um, and in addition to following this vegan diet, I also uh, do uh, intermittent fasting. So when does your day start? So I typically start um, eating either from noon to two o'clock, depending on the day, depending on our schedule. But essentially what I do is I, I keep my uh, eating window in an in a eight hour window. 
So I'm off for 16 hours and eating food for eight hours. So when you say breakfast, you're really talking about that first meal when you break exactly. your fast. Exactly. So, so, so my first meal of the day will, will typically be um, either um, oatmeal, uh, which I, I, I love having uh, overnight oats. Um, usually what I do is I take oatmeal, which typically has about six grams of, uh, of protein, mix it up with um, soy milk, another six grams of protein. Um, in there, I sometimes will add, also add some peanut butter, which is also a great source of protein. Um, occasionally, I'll use cashew nut yogurt in, in, in it as well. I'll put in berries. Uh, occasionally, I'll put, put in chia seeds, which are an excellent source of uh, omega-3s and, in addition, uh, protein. And if you add all that up, it becomes a very delicious, very hearty meal, and it really fills you up. That's a good point about the yogurt. So there's a lot of non-dairy yogurt. A lot of people say, well, I can't, or I don't want to do this because I don't want to give up yogurt. But there are a ton of, you know, almond milk, cashew, whatever you want. Yeah. There's a yogurt for it. And they, I mean, I will say that the taste is a little bit different. Um, and you kind of have to play around with the different yogurts to find ones that you like. Like I tried a couple of them and the only ones I like is the almond milk yogurt. Yeah. Play around with it and see what sure. you like to eat. So that's breakfast. And then when's your next meal? In order to kind of make sure that I get enough protein for myself, I'll typically have my next meal usually about two, three hours after my first meal. And what are you putting in there? Usually it's uh, a salad with um, spinach. I take spinach, mushrooms, use hummus as well. Hummus is a, is a big staple of my diet and a great source of protein. Um, and I, either black beans uh, or another type of bean, green beans, peas. Um, and then another big staple of my diet is also hemp seeds. Um, hemp seeds have an excellent amount, about 10 grams of protein for every three tablespoons um, it is, uh, it's all hemp seeds. It's not any of the psychoactive <laughs> effects or anything like that. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's very nutritious and, and very filling. So breakfast is oatmeal and then you have the salad with all the stuff added mm -hmm. to it. So that's bringing us what to like four or 5 PM now. Yeah. So some before dinner, um, my, my snack will typically consist of either mixed nuts. Um, I also do enjoy, uh, there are a large variety of vegan protein shakes out there. They're an excellent addition to get additional protein in your diet. So especially if you're doing weightlifting, so you can build muscle. They're also a, a great way to fill a meal um, if, you're, if, if, you know, if you're strapped for time. And then what about dinner? So dinner, we, we, we always have uh, dinner together and we, we love cooking at home. Uh, usually it is a whole bunch of vegetables. Uh, um, and then protein-wise, it could be anywhere from legumes. Uh, a few times a week, uh, we'll have tofu. Another great source of vegan protein is uh, something called Satan. It's a gluten-based product. It um, does have a good amount of sodium in it so it's not something to, to have every day but it um it has a great taste and really does taste like makes stir fry taste excellent yeah so and i think that you can use you know the tools you have in your kitchen so air fryer we use all the time for vegetables 
um, the instant pot, yes. the crock pot. So I think, I mean, being plant-based really does require some, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say extra planning, but I think you have to, you know, it's a, it's not harder than necessarily taking some chicken breasts out and cooking them very quickly, mm. but you do have to make sure that you have things in your house that that you can cook. I think it actually takes less time because I don't know, I would always forget to defrost the turkey or the chicken and then you're waiting for it to defrost or it's, and then you cook it frozen and it's not, it's not good. So <laughs> it's good to have, you know, when you have those things in your house, it takes less time, but there, there does need to be a little bit of planning. Another thing you didn't mention is there's a lot of um, pasta substitutes. So oh, yeah. uh, chickpea pasta is huge. Lentil pasta, there's a ton of ones that you can, Mung bean uh, pasta is great. And I think we really like the chickpea one because our kids will eat it and it's really double the protein, less carbs. Yeah. And you can do what, you know whatever you want with that. And you can take the pasta and, and put nutritional yeast in it and it tastes exactly like mac and cheese. It's yeah, really nutritional delicious. yeast is a wonderful, wonderful addition to any, I mean, plant-based or not. Nutritional yeast is a great source of B vitamins. I actually recommend it to all my patients going through chemotherapy because we want extra B vitamins without supplements if possible. And then how much protein are you getting in a day when you add all of that up? So I, there, I go by the formula. There's um, m m most of the, uh, the sports medicine societies recommend a gram of protein per kilogram, which roughly is about 0.5 to 0.8 uh, grams per pound, give or take 163 pounds. I, I usually get an, uh, anywhere close to 100 to just a little bit over. And, and, that's, and, and that's mainly because I'm trying to build muscle and not lose muscle. And, and my main, my major goal was weight loss for this process. Um, and so we're roughly what I'm doing is with every meal, I'll have about 20 to 30 grams of protein. And you mentioned that your goal was weight loss. So how can you talk about that and where you started from and where you are now? Yeah. So, I mean, in the beginning of the year, um, I was close to 190 pounds. Um, we training for the New York uh, half marathon. I, I did lose a little bit, but but not that much. And then really, once I became serious during the, the peak of the pandemic, um, I ended up losing about 20, 25 pounds. And I think that's in a really important point that exercise will help you get to where you are. But if you're not eating the healthiest foods or you're not taking care of what you're putting in your body on a daily basis, you're not going to accomplish those goals with just exercise alone. It's a good head start, but it won't get you there fully. Absolutely. You make this seem really easy and, and great, but I'm sure it hasn't been that easy. No, it's definitely, this is definitely uh, <laughs> a major extreme lifestyle, lifestyle choice. And it's, you know, not, not for everybody. For me, I, I like the, the, the challenge and I, I, I like the, um, you know, proving to myself that I could do this. But it definitely has uh, has not been easy. Um, you know, one of the things as as following a vegan diet, you do have to give up some some very delicious meals, and uh, certainly you when you go to a family party. I, I remember the first time I went to uh, my mother's house for a, an event. Um, I she didn't know what to feed me because most of the food that we eat in our culture is very uh, 
non-vegan. And, you know, certainly eating at a restaurant can also sometimes be overwhelming, especially if you're eating in a place that mostly caters toward, uh, you know, a non-vegan crowd. Many times in a restaurant, if you ask, um, and they they can accommodate your meals, um, but there are times where you're eating the black bean burger. (laughs) Or just like a bowl of pasta. Or a bowl of pasta, exactly. Um, And I I think that, you know, you have to just, you know, whatever changes you make in your lifestyle, you don't have to be all or nothing. I think whatever you decide to do, you know, the, the ultimate goal is to try to incorporate more plants into your diet. So there are people who decide you know, they're going to be plant-based during the week. And then during the week, like what I do personally is I will do plant-based dinners during the week. But if we're ordering or going out to eat, then I'll order usually things that are not plant-based. So you have to figure out what works for you. But you're right, restaurants, and it depends. Like it depends on what part of the country. You know, we were in Maine and there are parts in Maine that definitely had more vegan options. Definitely. And, and certainly if you're living in a big city or near a big city, there's, there's many different options. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of bakeries that do vegan cupcakes. Whole Foods has a fantastic vegan selection. Oh yeah. The cookies. cookies. <laughs> but what I'll say about, so, you know, that's an important point. So again, we think we talked about this earlier, just by being vegan or as a default, it doesn't mean you're necessarily eating healthy foods because you could have a whole meal, you know, you could be eating the process, the Satan, you know, on, on a daily basis, which is all beyond sausages, beyond burgers. Yeah. Those are all processed. I mean, they're better than red meat protein, but they're still processed. And then you get all the vegan cakes and cookies and chips. So I think you still want to have a more plant-based whole foods diet mm-hmm. rather than just saying, all right, anything that's vegan, I'm going to eat that. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, I, I like to follow a philosophy, you know, where 80% of the time you're following a very, you know, strong diet and you're, you know, re- really being very conscious. But at the same time, if you're going to just stress yourself out to the point where you're, you're, not, you're banning any delicious foods or you're, you're, you're banning things that you love, you're going to, it's, it's a lot easier to, you know, to cheat on your diet and to, to get away from the diet. So as long as you kind of, you know, occasionally indulge, but for the most part, you know, 80% of the time you're really on track, you're, it's, it's a lot easier to follow a diet or really a lifestyle. And before we kind of get to the Q&A portion, let's talk about supplements because that comes up a lot, right? So yeah. vegan, people who are vegan or are plant-based, may need extra supplements in their diet. So what do you take? So one of the things uh, B12 is, is always uh, mentioned as, as one of the things that is lacking in a vegan diet. Well, well you can certainly get it from nutritional yeasts and uh, you can also get it from uh, something I love that you absolutely don't. Uh, <laughs> no, it's terrible. Marmite. It's oh, the it's, worst thing in the world. <laughs> it's very delicious. Sometimes you don't get it just because it, it is found uh, in, in meat products more often. I take a thousand microgram tablet every day. Um, in addition, uh, I take uh, vitamin D, which sometimes is missing in in, in, in in many vegan diets, but also in, in anyone who's living in, in the Northeast during the winter. Um, I also take uh, omega-3s and 
just a, and, and a regular multivitamin, uh, and specifically a vegan multivitamin that uh, I bought from one of the whole food stores. And then what about calcium, right? So people talk about calcium being, you know, when, when you go vegan, you cut out dairy, by default, you're cutting out calcium and you'd have to literally eat like three bags of spinach a day to get the calcium <laughs> from the green. So what do you do for calcium? So uh, actually, a lot, many of the uh, plant-based milks, um, the soy milks, the uh, oat milks, they actually are fortified with calcium. So um, you definitely do get that supplementation. And in addition, um, the uh, vegan yogurts also are fortified as well. So as long as you make sure that you incorporate this in your diet on a daily basis, you can get all your nutrients. Perfect. All right, so let's do some of the questions that I got on Instagram earlier. The biggest one that I got over and over again was, so this isn't really more for me, but about soy and breast cancer. And so a lot of people are very hesitant to maybe incorporate soy into their lifestyle because of this uh, soy causes breast cancer, increases your risk for breast cancer recurrence thing. So it's not a thing. Um, that was an old myth and we don't know how it keeps getting propagated over and over again, but all of the data that we have says soy is completely safe in with regards to breast cancer risk, either with diagnosis or recurrence. And in Asian cultures, um, there's actually a lower risk of breast cancer. So the bottom line is that soy is completely safe. And so you can, and we know that it's safe because when you look at plant-based diets, those actually reduce your risk for cancer. So we know that that a lot of plant-based diets are full of soy. So it's, it's totally safe and fine to do. So with that, um, you know, soy sources of protein include uh, tofu, edamame, uh, miso, yeah. soy milk. But one of the questions was, what is your favorite non-soy source of protein? So I... Or actually, let's make that broad. What are non-soy sources of protein? And we said that already, but let's recap it yeah. again. So a uh, big one is for me is legumes, uh, beans, peas, Excellent sources of protein. Uh, you know, m many times a half a cup uh, of of beans, of most beans, will be about six or seven grams of, of protein, which is you know pretty much uh, uh, or you're already getting uh, a good amount from there. Uh, lots of seeds, so chia seeds have an excellent source of protein. Uh, hemp seeds, which I mentioned earlier. Most nuts, um, seeds, uh, like, like uh, sesame seeds. Did you say, you said tempeh and seitan? Tempeh, seitan. Actually, mushrooms are an excellent source of protein as well. And leafy green vegetables, uh, it, you, you just have to really make sure. But uh, spinach and kale have a good amount of protein. A, one, a cup of, of spinach is about four or five grams of, of protein as well. So it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, when, when you're making these meals, you're building a puzzle or you're, uh, you're building a pyramid, but you just want to make sure that you have a good variety of protein throughout the day, but you can easily uh, obtain the, the correct amount of, of protein your body needs just by following a vegan diet. It's interesting that, I mean, when everyone talks about vegan diets, it's always the protein, right? It's always, you don't get enough protein. Yeah. But I think the other thing we don't totally focus on is well, what about the other nutrients, right? So you have to also look at the carbohydrates that you're eating, the fats that you're eating, because it is easy to overdo it on those things, right? So you can 
Um, for example, you can still get, we talked about, you get a lot of processed foods with vegan, but it's, a bowl of pasta is vegan, yeah. right? They don't use eggs. Well, if, uh, if, if it's fresh made pasta, they'll use eggs, but if most store bought pastas, um, the ones that you get in the boxes are pretty much vegan. vegan. So you can be eating that several times a week and say you're vegan, but you're getting zero protein <laughs> and way too many carbs. Yeah. And then the same thing with things like nuts and avocados. So those are healthy fats, but you can overdo it on those as well. So. I mean, absolutely. The, the, the key uh, to any healthy lifestyle and any diet is, is balance. You, you don't want to overdo one thing more than the other. You, you, you definitely need carbs. You definitely need fats. You definitely need proteins, but you want to make sure you have a balance. You don't want to have an overwhelming amount of, of any one of them. And you have to read the labels. You know, yeah. the thing that gets me a lot about some of these, you know, meat alternatives is the amount of salt in them. So if you're looking at something and it's got 30 to 40% of your salt intake for that day, all right, maybe you're going to have that once in a while, but that shouldn't be a staple of your diet. Yeah. All right, next question. This, was, this one's a good one. Unusual things in ingredient lists that you may not know are animal-based. For example, chocolate. Can you eat chocolate? So it really, you have to ch check the label. Many times it'll have milk in it. Um, many times if you're... Sometimes it could have um, other ingredients. I mean, it, it really requires the, uh, the reading of, of, of labels. So um, some products will also have gelatin. Um, like marshmallows have marshmallows, gelatin, exactly. so they're not vegan. You have to decide for yourself what you're going to do, right? Exactly. And, and what's important is just knowing what, what food you're putting into your body, knowing, you know, reading the labels, um, and just being comfortable with what goes into your body. Um, here's a good one. Why do vegans often have low white blood cell count? And I think this is because if you have a B12 deficiency, you're, you're going to be anemic and sometimes you have a low white blood cell count. So it, it's uh, what's important about when you are following a vegan uh, lifestyle, you, you do want to make sure that you're eating a well-balanced diet. You want to make sure you're getting your proper supplements. And in addition, you want to follow up with your regular physician, get blood work, make sure that you are not having any deficiencies or abnormalities in your diet. And, and, and that, that's really where it comes from, um, is that sometimes you do see uh, in certain vegans uh, anemia uh, in, in a situation where they do have B12 deficiency. Um, but for the most part, you know, as, as long as you're following a well-balanced diet and you're checking with your physician. This is a very healthy lifestyle to follow. So next question. Um, and this is something we didn't really touch on, but you know, what do you do if you're vegan and your partner is not, you know, or when you decided to make that choice, right? And this is maybe not so much what you did, but you know, what advice would you have for somebody who is trying to make this change to eat more plants um, and maybe their partner is not necessarily ready or on board for that. So I think, you know, in any relationship, whenever there are changes in your lifestyle, whenever there's anything new going on, any, anything you want to change in your life, it's important to have a, a, a discussion. And it's important to have a, a spouse who is supportive, a spouse who is 
or our partner, I should say. Um, you know, in, in our case, we we both had the mindset that we wanted to follow a healthier lifestyle. Um, and while you know you're not 100% vegan like me, um, you you know I've been, you've been very supportive, and you you kind of uh, let, let me choose some restaurants more often. Um, but, but uh, you know, all jokes aside, it, it's, it's very important to have that support because it, it, this is, can sometimes be a challenging thing to do by yourself. So you really need someone to motivate you and to, to get you moving in the right direction. And I think in your case, I probably wouldn't have even thought about following a plant-based diet if it wasn't for the fact that you you know, started encouraging us to have that and you know, started encouraging us to eat better. And certainly I, I probably would not be exercising as much as I do now if it wasn't for the fact that, uh, you know, yeah. you, you were so, so healthy. Oh, thanks. But I will say that you, know, you have to, you have to have that conversation. I mean, I remember the first time we went out to dinner after we were like a full-fledged vegan, I'm like, there's nothing here you can eat. And then, you know, it's weird. You're used to going to certain restaurants. You're used to, you know, eating what you, you know, ordering and sharing food, right? And that may not be something that you're going to do necessarily anymore. So I think, and, and like with, you know, we see this a lot when somebody loses weight in a relationship, right? And all of a sudden you are not getting on the couch at night with cookies and chips. Um, and your partner sometimes has a hard time accepting that. So, you know, you have to have that conversation and that transparency. You know, I have a lot of patients who come to me and they say, well, I really want to make this change, but there's this food in my house and I can't avoid it. So stop buying it. Yeah. But then their partner wants it. And so you, there's no way to make such major, major life changes if you're both not on the same page. You have to do this together and you have to have these conversations. You know, you have to express what's important to you. And, you know, luckily for us, our, our health, our, you know, our, our goals kind of worked out mm -hmm. with each other but if they didn't i don't think that means you can't do these things you know i think you have to say this is where i'm at this is what i need to do for my health yeah. and i'd love for you to join me but you don't have to yeah. right but i think you have to be on the same page so you don't self-sabotage each other even you know subconsciously oh, i agree the one thing we didn't really talk about was kids and, and our kids. So I will say that our kids are not vegan. Um, we don't at all, you know, they can they eat whatever. They've never been big meat eaters, I will say, though. But we'll, I'll make them turkey meatballs or, you know, um, chicken fingers, whatever. But so there are there's a lot about kids and vegan lifestyles, but that's not where we're at. We, you know, we've always encouraged them to eat healthy. but you know, the palate of, of toddlers is, is very different than the palate of adults. It's very picky. Um, but, you know, we, we do emphasize the important of, importance of, of exercise and, and, and healthy living. And, you know, it's funny, our, our kids, um, you know, if every morning they ask us, hey, did, did you work out this morning? Did you, did you go for a run this morning? And, and I like that because it's really telling them this is, you know, how you should live your life. And I will say the one thing that we really subscribe to is we won't buy food that they can't eat to have in our house, right? Yeah. So if I don't want them eating chips and cookies and things like that, then I don't buy it. So anything in our house is really they can have at any time. Um, and I think that makes it, there's less, you know, um, 
like not fear around food, but there's less off limits and boundaries. It's, you know, we know they have, they know that they, for dinner, for dessert, we always have fruit. Um, and if we go out, then they'll get ice cream and, you know, yeah. if we're at a party, they'll eat the cupcakes, but it's not something that they're seeing on a daily basis. Yeah. This was great. Yeah, I enjoyed this. Awesome. Um, anything you want to say before, anything we didn't touch on before we end? You know, while I don't think that everyone is going to benefit from going on a full vegan diet, I, I do think that, you know, making changes to at least be more plant-based, more health conscious uh, in, in your diet, give you a, a, a lot more energy, make you feel a whole lot better. And um, it's, you know, even small, tiny changes in your life can really make a big difference. And last question before we end, how has this affected, I mean, obviously physically you lost weight, you feel better, but what about your mental health? I mean, from, from day one, I felt that I had more energy. Um, I wasn't as cranky, I, I think. Yes. <laughs> but, 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 but ultimately it, it getting healthier, focusing on my health, focusing on, uh, you know, using exercise to improve my mental health really has had a profound effect in my life. I, I definitely enjoy exercising more and I, I really feel better most of the time because of that. That's great. And I will end with saying what I, say all the time is that there's so much in life that you cannot control, you know, the pandemic, cancer, on and on it goes. But you can certainly control, you know, the, the situation and what you put into your body and how you move your body. And those are things that, you know, by focusing on things that we can control, it kind of allows us to at least take charge of very scary and, and very constantly changing situations. Definitely. By having a positive mindset, by really focusing on yourself, by focusing on your on your happiness, um, you're really up for any challenge. And especially if you have a great support system, um, you know, the world is your oyster. On that note, thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this episode helpful. I hope it gave you some tips about how to incorporate more plants into your diet can always reach out to me um, with any kind of specific questions that you may have, but always want to be talking to your doctor and your healthcare team about any specific medical questions and in, in making sure that these are changes that are appropriate for you to make and how to make them safely and effectively. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope that you did, please, as always, take a moment to leave a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts, because that is the best way to help me grow the show and to bring it to more listeners. As always, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dr. Doplinski. Please let me know what you thought about this episode. Drop me any comments, ideas, questions for future episodes or future guests. Have a great week, and we'll see all of you soon.